playoff coverage brought to you by Centric. Learn more at centric.com slash 610. As you all know, Fasco's a big believer in the script that the NFL's always up to something. They're always writing the best scripts for their games. I tend to think they have preferences. I'm not to the step of that they take a lot of action to make those preferences happen. But to each their own. Fesco wears proudly the tinfoil hat. I've been wearing this thing for years, and more and more people are coming along and putting that tinfoil hat on and saying, I see what you're talking about when you say there's a script. I do believe the NFL should actually sell these at their store. <laughs> Scripts that didn't get well, used? Well, no, tinfoil tin hats with oh. your team's logo on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them any ideas. Should, <laughs> should I trademark that yeah, one right now should. or patent it real yeah, fast here? You have here? to get the, 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 the logos approved, but I think. The, the tinfoil hat would sell very well. Yeah, your team logo here. No, yeah. I, I think it would. So I, I think there are five scripts that the NFL wants to see happen for uh, for the Super Bowl, which is coming up in like 24 days or whatever it is. Hit the music, please, as we talk about these movie scripts that the NFL is working on. The top five, if you will, scripts that the NFL wants to see in order. Number five. Number five on the list is the Bills versus anyone. As we've seen, the NFL wants the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl come hell or high water, and they're going to do whatever it takes to get the Buffalo Bills there. In fact, there's even been some rumors that they would just have the Bills play the Bills and call it a day. Josh Allen's offense versus Von Miller when not injured's defense and see what happens. Who would win? Buffalo's offense versus Buffalo's defense. The NFL would be very happy to have a Buffalo v. Buffalo Super Bowl. Yes. So that comes in at number five. They want Even the Bills mini, there mini at all costs. Anything they can do to get Buffalo to the Super Bowl, they will do, as we saw by applying Carl Cheffers to the game this weekend to screw Cincinnati. What is? What are they, 6-1 and one with him or That's, something like that? That was the, the tweet that I saw. I don't know if there's any truth to it, but I like it, so I'm going with it. Mm. Um, so, so Carl Cheffers is refing that game. Mark my words, there will be an incident where it's third and eight. The Bengals make a great defensive play. And there's a yellow flag on the field, whether it's illegal contact, defensive holding, looking at the quarterback the wrong way, and it will be an automatic first down when Cincinnati was ready to get off the field and Buffalo will drive down, score a touchdown, and win the game. Maybe a roughing. Yeah, it's roughing a roughing call. Yeah. 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 So that's I'm, number five. I'm picturing him drop him dropping the flag in the backfield. You know what I mean? Like Cheffers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I don't like that. Yep. Coming in at number four, the number four script that the NFL wants to see, the 49ers versus the Chiefs. Yes, it is a rematch. But what it also does is that it showcases Brock Purdy and lets the other teams know, hey, you don't got to break a bank to get a Super Bowl quarterback, thus keeping quarterback salaries down. Because as we know, this is a copycat league. Everybody's going to try to get a quarterback at Mr. Irrelevant or their last pick in the draft and turn them into somebody special so they don't have to pay $45.2 million per year for a quarterback. That's a twofold script. Yeah. You get, the, you get this matchup, but then you also send a match. Send the other message about salary. Yeah, it's collusion at its finest, <laughs> that's, right? That's super yeah. tinfoily. Yep. Coming in at number three, we've got the Jags versus the Eagles. And the script that the NFL is writing here, Doug Peterson versus his old team. Doug Peterson, where he's the only coach in Eagles history to win a Super Bowl, is taking his new team to face his old team and the only coach to have ever won a Super Bowl. Pretty big story. Had Peterson been coaching in Cincinnati, Kansas City, or Buffalo, this would be much higher on the list. 
but it's Jacksonville and nobody knows any Jags fans. So that's why it's number three. on the Yeah. List. And then, then if that, it was always the Jags thing continues to there. We'll know it's completely, completely fake. Yeah. yeah. Coming in at number two, because they're like they told they've been telling you so on their social media, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Was, the NFL will just take it over. Like it was always the Jags. It was like, always the Jags. Uh, I don't want it. I don't want that. No, but number two for me is Chiefs versus Eagles of scripts that they're working on. Andy Reid versus his old team, Kelsey v. Kelsey. Enough said, right? That's pretty good. I'd take that one. And the number one script that the NFL wants to see in the Super Bowl, the Bills versus the Giants. The darling of the NFL right now, the team that this league is in love with, Mr. January is their quarterback, right? Versus their old offensive coordinator and old assistant GM, Brian Dayball, former offensive coordinator in Buffalo, head coach of the Giants, Joe Shane, GM of the Giants, former assistant GM in Buffalo. The storylines that they could weave there are fantastic. It's also Josh Allen versus Daniel Jones, and you may think so. Brian Dayball is responsible for both of them being legit now NFL quarterbacks. Josh Allen wasn't that great his first year. Brian Dayball came in. Now he's Mr. January. As we know, Daniel Jones has not been anybody that's really stood out. Brian Dayball comes in. Daniel Jones played his best game in his career in the postseason, knocking off the Vikings. You want that matchup there. You've got the darlings of the NFL versus the Giants, which would be a Cinderella team from the city's or from the country's biggest city and that would grab the attention as well bills versus giants checks all of the boxes that are available out there when it comes to script writing their, their which boxes. one will they pick we'll see yeah definitely their boxes with the giants right yeah. like they can't have la they've already that's their favorite city right and those teams are already out They're so out, the next yeah. best thing would be to get new york right so they get new york and have bills get new giants. york in there and have bills giants in there all as right. well yes all right these scripts have been submitted to the league for their approval. Somebody from the 620 says, I'd say KC versus the Cowboys. That does nothing for anybody, really, I don't think. Uh, probably a good number. Go oh, good television number. Yeah. But it's the, still the Super Bowl. Like, that's yeah. going to get a Like, yeah. maybe they'll exchange a birdhouse on Preston Road again. And if they do, we'll have Ooh. to re-release the Preston Road song. That'd be good. That I would not argue with. Uh, Sean Payton completes his interview with the Texans. I didn't think his interviews were starting until like later uh, this week. Until they had it done. Yeah. Cause he would absolutely coach the uh, Houston Texans. He said, of course, cause he, well, I'll coach any team. As he uh, spoke on the uh, Colin Coward show. He's going to meet this week with Houston, Denver and the Carolina Panthers completed his interview with the Houston Texans. He also told uh, FS1 that he believes the compensation for the Saints would be a mid to late round first pick. I don't understand what that means. What the Texans have the second overall pick? Are they not taking high draft picks this year in return for <laughs> Sean Payton? Like I don't understand that one. Each team has different ammo or different pick selections. It could be a future one, or maybe you have to throw in something. So Houston has too high a pick to get him. I don't understand what, why they say a mid to late round pick. If you're picking mid to late round, you're probably not in the market for a head football coach, right? Maybe they would swap, but the Saints picks pretty high this year well, too, right? Yeah, well, I'm not the swapping picks if I'm the Saints. I'm taking this as an addition to. You want this guy who we have the rights to, then you're going to have to give us a first round draft pick. Yeah, I don't understand what the mid to the late round first round draft. Maybe he just misspoke there, and maybe he just meant a first round draft pick because if I'm Houston and I'm picking two or I'm Chicago and I'm picking number one, I'd be willing to offer that for for Sean Payton. If I'm any team right now that needs a head coach, 
Sean Payton is more valuable than what you're going to get in the first round. It just is. And if you don't Saints have the right head coach, you're screwed. Should absolutely ask for that two pick. Oh God, yes, yeah, absolutely. Right? Oh yeah. God, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I'm not giving you him if you're not giving me the number two overall pick. The, the conversation's closed. Yeah. But yeah, I I think you give up a first round pick for a coach. Mm-hmm. When you're, I mean, Houston especially, you've had the revolving door of coaches here. Right. You can't settle on somebody if he's your guy. And you want that? You want a stabilizing force, which you need in that organization. Mm-hmm. It's very much worth it to give up first round pick. He's worth more than any quarterback. You're going to take at number two overall. If you don't have the right coach and the right infrastructure in place, you're not going to win. Look at what's going on with the Giants right now. They're using the same quarterback that they've had for the last four years. What did they do? They got a legit adult head coach in the room. And you have the infrastructure now and the coaches in place to lead an organization. You didn't have that before. And so if you don't have the right coaches in place and the right infrastructure and staff in place, doesn't matter who's out there playing for you. You're not going to be successful. So if you're an organization that needs a head coach right now, and you're going, mm, I don't want to give up a first round pick. Well, that's why you suck as an organization. But if you're weighing a coach, you also like versus the ability to pick a quarterback at number two, I also wouldn't disagree with that. Depends on who that coach is. I, like, if I'm the Texans, I'm done trying randos, man. Like, you got to get an adult. You haven't had an adult as your head football coach ever. Because some of the Peyton talk, anyway, does give me pause. Like, I don't really need him to be have all the power. No. Maybe no. Houston does, though, because they've been a mess. You know, they tried to give all the power to Bill O'Brien. Yeah. How that went. That didn't you know go I mean? well. Yeah. So, I, there is part of me that's leery, but, you know, who are you bringing in with you is a valid, valid question. Like if you're bringing in somebody that's going to, you're not doing it. You know what I mean? Like right. you're bringing in somebody else that, that looks accomplished. Yeah. Okay. You guys go find a quarterback a different way. It's just not going to be with this pick. I mean, take the Andy Reed model. You can go out there and make yeah. a trade. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be available. Uh, Tom Brady's, gonna Tom Brady's going to be available. Uh, Aaron Rodgers might be available. David Carr is available. Derek, Derek Carr is available. David too. David is available. David is well. available too. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. Houston shouldn't do that to Derek Carr. But but, but you know what I'm saying? Like you don't you, have you, to draft a quarterback correct. at two overall. That pick correct. is more valuable if you're Houston for Sean Payton than it is for any get quarterback. the program established, then worry about going and getting the quarterback. That's how I would prioritize wh- wh- it for this go round for Houston. What do you have? Hire another bad NFL head coach and then saddle this new quarterback at number two overall with a uh, with a coach that's not legit. If 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 I I'm a team like Houston. I need that head coach I, in there to make sure that my team has success. And that I have decided I'm going with established, been there, done that guy. Yeah. yeah. And, and a first-round draft not, pick is not much at all. If you're not going in that direction, if you're leaving it open, just I'm going to hire a coach, then okay. Well, then don't draft a quarterback either. Then don't waste your time with a quarterback because if, if you're just going with a coach, he's going to fail. Not necessarily. Not every guy that gets a job fails, Bob. Yeah, the good I majority mean, of them do. I mean, the guy in San Francisco might have said that three years ago, too. He, he has not failed. Um, they're, they do have to cultivate young coaches somehow, some way they're not doing a good job right? of it though. I don't, I would agree. I think, I think more, there are more misses than, than hits. There's but, such a race to hire I, this next I, guy that they don't give the next guy a chance to develop. Do who I trust he is. Houston to, to do? No, I, I, I frankly do not. I think the best for them would be, even if it means sacrificing the two pick going and getting shot. I mean, the, the Chiefs could have gone out not there. Not everybody's in that camp, but I think Houston should be. Chiefs could have gone out there and got some nobody to be their head coach and said they, they swung for the fences and they went and got Andy Reid. That was a perfect storm. There's no question about it. But they went and got Andy Reid. That's a perfect storm, too. It, it is. You've got 
you've got this guy available if you want him. Right. Well, and, and you give up the number two price. Pick, go. That wouldn't be standing in my way of getting Sean Payton. No, God, no. And if it is standing in your way of getting Sean Payton, sell your team. Other teams, you, I might have a different answer for. But Houston, I don't. They're, but they've been a mess. They've been a mess at head coach. They've been a mess at, at, at franchise. Mm-hmm. You let him come in, put his uh, fingerprints on the franchise, bring in his people, and see how it goes. Because what you're doing isn't going anywhere. And, and where Denver is kind of stuck and screwed, Josh, is they don't have any draft picks for the next 10 years. They gave him all to Seattle for Russell Wilson. Like, if you're Denver, like, you can't even get in the conversation right now with Sean Payton. I wouldn't I think, don't think so. I wouldn't think so. We may have missed a uh, celebrity sports passing. It's a sad one, too. Yeah. Next. Fesco in the morning. Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour. Every weekday starting at 1130 on Cody and Gold. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. All right, I'm going to push the celebrity passing for a moment, Bob, because there is some breaking news. Oh, Tom oh Pelissero no. of NFL uh, Network. He's got the ticket information. Oh, he does. Oh, boy. Here we go. Again, this this requires a Chiefs win still, yeah, right? Still a requires win a win. And, and a, a Bills, Buffalo win. And a Bills yeah. win. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the, uh, the NFL says season ticket members for both teams who previously opted in to purchase AFC Championship game tickets We'll have an exclusive pre-sale opportunity to buy tickets on Wednesday, tomorrow. Season ticket members will be provided unique passcodes tied to their season ticket account. Season ticket members will be contacted via email by each club with additional information on this how to participate. Too complicated. <laughs> so basically, they're going to let you know, but you're not in until you you still have to take another step to be in. Yeah. So you opted in to the game at your facility. Now you're. Now it's going to require payment. Yeah, and probably timing. Yeah. Right? Which sucks. You're going to have to get in ahead of Bills Mafia. Let's go. Let's go Season Bengals. Members, Let's guess. go Bengals. All other fans interested in purchasing tickets can sign up to receive a passcode to participate in the presale subject to availability. Of which there will be none. Beginning on Friday. Oh, they're dealing with Ticketmaster. They did so well with the Taylor Swift concert. This is a great one to partner with. Hmm. You're partnering with Ticketmaster on this. It's going to be a disaster. My daughter got those tickets. And she, she said it was fine. Yeah. Um, so, yes, that's how it's going to go down. Season ticket members, if you opted in already, which most of you, I'm guessing, do, right? We get the thing like, yeah, because you pay along the way. Ticketmaster so like, selling the in. passwords of the brokers? I, that I don't know. So, season ticket members will be in first, beginning on Wednesday. Everybody else beginning on Friday. Uh, and you're going to have to uh, race, I guess, your fellow season ticket uh Holders and uh, Buffalo season ticket holders. Let me. So let that's me, how it's going to go down. Why? Why can't there be like an easier way? How many? Let's say for argument's sake, the stadium seats sixty thousand in Atlanta. Buffalo, you get thirty. Kansas City, you get thirty, and then just do it based on seniority. Because that's a too easy, man. That's just uh, too easy. Right. We got to go go through a lottery and have everybody right. log on their computers and try all that stuff. Sure, it'd be really cool too if it was fifty fifty. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm it'd saying. Be, it'd yeah. be really Split cool. The that stadium would be, in half. That would be good. 
30,000 Buffalo fans, 30,000 Kansas City fans, and do it based on seniority. If you've been a season ticket holder since day one, you get first dibs and you just go down the list. And you know they have all that information. You know who's been the season ticket holders the longest. 71,000, I guess. So 71,000. So so 35,000 each. That's a good number apiece, right? 35,000 apiece. Oh, wait. It can expand. This is funny. One of these weird ones. Mercedes-Benz Stadium has a standard capacity of 71,000 fans, but can expand for American football. Oh, okay. That would be us, I guess. I guess us. Um, they had a Peach Bowl attendance of 78,347. Okay. All right. So what, whatever the number is, right? I'm just using it for so argument's sake. 78,000. Just divide it by two and sell them to your season ticket holders based on seniority. Just do it that way. And if, you know, somebody doesn't want to go, then the next person gets bumped up. It's not that hard of a concept. And then you don't have to deal with Ticketmaster. And then you have to deal with passwords and their site crashing and Taylor Swifting and all of this kind of stuff that people went through. Ticketmaster never does anything I can cut right. your kid a deal on some Taylor Swift tickets if you want. No, I'm just saying, like, like the, the world was <laughs> getting screwed by Taylor Swift, right? And this is what the NFL is going to do for a game like this with two rabid You're fan bases? you like Ticketmaster never works. It didn't work that one time. What, what, it was a big every, event. This is going to be another big event. Every other every other week they use it. Yeah, well, it's not as big as what this is going to be. This is this is stupid. Ticketmaster is a joke. This is no Taylor Swift. They'll get it right. Except, yeah. for, except mm-hmm. for you have to take another step that you didn't have to take before just as a straight season ticket And you holder. have to be at your computer at 10 a.m. Otherwise, it's going to pass you by. Correct. God forbid you have a life and a job and Correct. kids hey, and you go to other the game, things Bob? to do. You want to go to the game, Bob, or not? They make it so hard, just so hard to do this. It's so stupid. It is a restaurant week here in Kansas City. Bob might need a drink here after this one. I just hate to see Before our fans one. get screwed again. Know, we got know. a damn rule in place that says if something like this happens, we're just going to use yep, winning percentage. Yep. Yet we look at Twitter and we're we're afraid to do what we the, the rule that we put in place. Jessica Trader is here, general manager and sommelier at Louis Wine Dive. Can you pair a wine with Bob's anger at the moment? Everclear. That's <laughs> <laughs> right up his alley. Get straight for the gasoline. Huh? Yeah, I like that. I like the fact that you're also a sommelier. That's pretty good. How many years of schooling was that? Uh, it's more on the job training. Is just it really? learning wine, and then you pay an astronomical amount of money for a test. Yeah. And yes. you, how many but times did you cool pass the test? Title at first the end time. of it. You did pass it the first time. Yeah. A lot more valuable than a college education. I'm telling you that right now. Go get your sommelier degree, right? Uh, agreed. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And All then right. you get to drink a lot of wine. Yeah. See, that's the that's the fun of it, right? You get to yeah. sample everything in the world. And so yeah. you got to be a uh, great, great title. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Sommelier yeah. is a great title. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then. Every time you drink, it's continued education. Yeah. You have an excuse to get hammered all day. I like that. Field research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there like an abbreviation, like a doctor's DR and a lawyer's like Esquire? Is there something like for sommelier? There's different, there's several different levels of um, the sommelier and, and also depends on which test you took. And so there are a lot of letters you can put after your name. Do you use them all? No. Uh, I, I don't use any of them. You should. I should. You earned it. Dr. Jessica. That's right. Yes. The wine doctor. Yeah, yeah. 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 the wine doctor. The wine dive. Yeah, you get a, you get a lot of work that way. Uh, Louis Wine Dive, of course, on 119th Street in uh, Overland Park, uh, just east of Metcalf. Uh, correct. Correct. I always forget what the cross street is there. Yes. But direction, you'll see. Direct north, south, east, west is hard for me. I, so. I'm, I'm a left-right yes. person as well. Yes. But... Uh, uh, 119th going towards Missouri. <laughs> yes, east. That would be east. Josh. That side. Yes. Right, yes. right. Yes. Uh, that yes. side of Metcalf. Yep. Yep. East, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you guys got going on for uh, for restaurant week? 
We're doing a lunch and a dinner option. Uh, we've got a few really delicious, you know, entrees that some that have been on the menu, some new items. Uh, we have lobster bisque, which is always a favorite amongst everybody. I can drink buckets of it myself. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have a sun-dried tomato Caesar salad, which is a little twist on the classic Caesar. Uh, for entrees, we've got our winter squash ravioli, which is definitely a favorite amongst the restaurant. It's doing really well. And then we did a take on a beef bourguignon. So instead of having like cut up pieces of beef, we're doing an actual filet with that. And then it's got a nice demi-gloss with uh, roasted vegetables. Mm-hmm. What about wine? Oh, lots of wine. Uh, lots of wine. Lots what of kind wine. of wine specials do you have? We So the great thing about Louis Wine Dive is we have the chalkboard. So that has been kind of like what we're known for. Uh, it, anything we have by the bottle will open up as long as you commit to two glasses and mm-hmm. it goes up on the chalkboard. In addition to that, we always we always bring in some special things to put up there as well. So we're always featuring something every single day. You're going to find some cool esoteric wines. You're also going to find some classics that you love. Uh, that's the great thing about Louis Wine Dive is when it comes to wine, we appeal to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you want to nerd out, we'll do it. If you just want to get yourself a nice buttery Chardonnay. We will also do that. Yeah, that's good. So it's not like you, you, you don't feel like nervous going in is what I say. No. It over overmatched, if you will. Like like like, like the Jags coming in this week are going to be overmatched against the Chiefs. I go into Louis Wine Dive. I can go, okay, there's something here for yeah, everybody. exactly. That's, you know, Wine Dive is very relative. You know, you can come in and have a really nice date night. But you just got out of yoga and you want to come in and get a glass of wine? Get your yoga pants on. Come on over. What time of day does that happen? Uh, uh, it, all day. Okay, all it's day. Right. Yes, I know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I come so, over from the J and ton, see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. tons of yoga pants. Good. <laughs> what time of day was that again? All, all day. day. All, all day. All day. The whole day. How important is restaurant week, especially maybe coming off the last couple of years, and, and what, what does it mean here in, in KC? I've always found restaurant week to be one of the most important weeks of the year for restaurants. This is the time where you're going to have a lot of new people coming in. This is how you build your business for the rest of the year. Oh, wow. So you're it. hundreds of people are coming out to, I mean, not hundreds, thousands are coming out to try different restaurants. This is, you know, we create these menus to get people in so they can see what we do. I personally participate in restaurant week, go out, try new places I haven't been. Mm -hmm. So this is where we're creating regulars for the rest of the year. That's awesome. It's it's a gateway. Yeah, it is. It's really, really important to us. What what, what percentage would you say of people that go out to restaurants during restaurant week go back to those places that they they were at? If you're doing it right, hopefully a lot. A lot, yeah. Um, I, I mean, we see a lot of repeat turnover for us. Our clientele is built a lot on regulars. Mm-hmm. They keep the doors open for us. We love it. We are very much a community when it comes to Louis Wine Dive. So a lot of these people we see for Restaurant Week, I'm we're seeing back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when you like look at at, at creating that menu for Restaurant Week, what goes into saying this is what we're going to serve? Yeah, so we try to do something with seafood, something with a red meat, and then a vegetarian option. We want to make sure that there is something for everybody on there. Louis' concept is very dietary restriction-friendly as well. We're really known for our gluten-free options. We have a specific fryer left for gluten-free items. So we also try to make sure that we stick to what our roots are as well, Mm -hmm. which is adhering to those people who, you know, have a little bit more difficult time going out to eat at other restaurants. So trying to make sure that we have an option for all, but then also keeping that idea in as at the same time is really important to us. 
So that's why you'll see we also have a halibut dish on the menu as well. Oh, that um, sounds good. And then making sure that at least 50 to 75% of the menu can be made gluten-free, which it can. Wow, that's awesome. So give me your favorite, like, dish and wine. Like, if, if you're going into Louis' Wine Dive, you want the best thing on the menu, what is it? Okay, Diablo. It's not on Restaurant Week, but it's what we're – it's one of our staple dishes. If there, if you see Louis' Wine Dive in the news, it's because we took it off the menu and there's a riot out front. <laughs> um, it is so good. It's delicious. The flavor on it's nice. If you like spice, you're going to love it. Um, another favorite would be my, the fish and chips as well. Our fish and chips are gluten-free, um, nice and crispy. Sometimes fish and chips get a little doughy, not the case here. Mm -hmm. It's got a nice crust to it while with still being mostly fish. Um, and who doesn't love a French fry? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our fries are good. French fries are fantastic. What about wine wise? I like a Pinot. Give me three names of a Pinot. Ooh, we've got some good Pinots. We have. And I can't get off the Pinots either. Like every time I try something else, I'm like, "Mm," I just, I I I go back all the time. Right. That's fine. Try a Beaujolais sometime. That sounds very, what? Beaujolais. That sounds very Beaujolais. Beaujolais. It's French. Um, made from (laughs) Gamay grape. Try it. It's nice and light. If you want to break free of the Pinot, but try something a little bit different, Uh try a Gamay or a Beaujolais. Okay. Um, we've got several Pinots. We're a big Pinot uh, restaurant. I, we go through so much Pinot in our restaurant. It's insane. Uh, but we've got Jay right now, Jay Vineyards. with mm-hmm. It's the multi-appellation. We've also got uh, Four Graces, which is one of our most popular by the bottle. Um, and then just to switch it up on you, we do have a uh, Gamay there. It's the Keep It Chill Gamay. You can refrigerate it and keep a little... Uh, Cooler temp on it if you want. It's also great at room temperature. And but, Everclear too, right? And tons of <laughs> hand sanitizer that you can guzzle down. Are you seeing an uptick? Are we at least a, a, a return to more people oh, wanting yes. to, to dine out? Oh, yes. We, we are constantly growing um, at Louise and Overland Park. Actually, all of our concepts are. Um, our St. Louis location is really doing great too. Um, but it's... It's nice to see everything coming kind of back to normal. I was in San Francisco at the beginning of the pandemic, which was a little bit crazier. So coming back home, it was I, restaurants are open and I'm like, oh, this is crazy. But it's not what the Kansas City I was used to. So over the last two years, watching it evolve back to where it is now, it almost feels like it was before for me, at least. Um in our little neck of the woods in Leewood. No, that's good to know yeah. because I've talked to some people like, oh, no, crowds aren't good anymore. I'm like, everywhere I go is crowded. We're on a way all the time. Yeah. Make reservations. Make OpenTable.com. Right. <laughs> Perfect. No, that's awesome. Because I'm glad to hear that because I, I've been arguing with a friend of mine. Like, he's in the entertainment industry and whatnot. He's like, oh, every place I'm at is there's nobody there. I'm like, I don't know where you're going. Because everywhere I go is packed. Yeah. yeah. It's, we're definitely seeing that. We're having to hire and staff up constantly because we're just growing day after day. Uh, I love it. We're building a lot of regulars coming in. It's nice to see familiar faces. No doubt. Chat. Yeah. But can get curbside. Yeah. We ha- we're on the ordering platforms. Um, you can do curbside. We'll bring it out to you. Um, you can have it delivered. You can pick it up. Chow now is great if you want to pick it up. You can also call it in. Mm-hmm. We have phones. We love to answer and talk to you. <laughs> it's yeah. good to know. A lot of people don't. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've got great hosts that love. They love taking orders and they, they know all the food. So. Jessica Traders, general manager and sommelier at Louis Wine Dive, 6701 West 119th Street in uh, Overland Park. I just say 119th, just east of uh, Metcalf. And they're open from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. at louiswinedive.com as well. You Jessica. can also say just to the left or right of Metcalf, depending on what direction you're coming from. <laughs> and that really screws them up. Yeah, it yeah. screws yeah. them up. <laughs> That's, 
I am I am a left right too, so it's bad. Like I, okay, I go go that way. Go, but that that's a pretty good description. I can get we yeah, can get you there from just, there. Just you know, just uh, kitty corner. There you go. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Jessica, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Uh, Casey Restaurant Week is alive and going again. LouiseWineDive.com. Jessica Trader, general manager and small yay at Louise Wine Dive. Uh, Dan Hughes dropped by a little bit earlier. Chiefs a color analyst. A couple things he is looking forward to seeing as we enter the playoffs next. Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster is patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. Patrick Mahomes joins CDOT every Monday at 2.15 for an exclusive one-on-one interview on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. NFL coverage brought to you by Twin Peaks, Eats, Drinks, and Scenic Views. I guess we missed a celebrity death. I don't know how this got under everybody's radar. Maybe he's the only one that knows about it. Maybe he's, I don't know, Cat was out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Colin Cowherd on FS1 was discussing Josh Allen and ended up RIPing someone that's alive. 6'6, mm-hmm. their best runner. Huge arm. I mean, he more than any quarterback this weekend. He is throwing the ball over the top. Any opportunity he gets, almost to a fault. That's why I say Buffalo reminds me of the late Mike Tyson. They'll have a knockout what? punch always as long as Josh Allen's there. Tyson died? The late Mike Tyson? What? I mean, I've been known to miss, uh, you know passing or two yeah but not mike tyson mike uh, tyson i think i would have heard about i think we would have heard about mike tyson had he passed away he did definitively say the late mike tyson he did though you did mm. hear that you're mm. exactly right about that the late any mike opportunity tyson. he gets almost to a fault that's why i say buffalo reminds me of the late mike tyson uh, mm. rest in peace mike hands off to him yeah I didn't hear. I missed it. I don't know if you missed it. I, I We all missed it. Mm-hmm. Where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. Yeah, Colin was wrong. Mike Tyson is not dead. Uh, no. Far from it. Nope. Nope. He's got a new uh, new product that he's selling, I think. I'm sure. Like he, I'm sure he, he him and Him and Evander Holyfield are selling those ear-shaped that's edibles. Right. That's right. That's true. That's the last I heard of him, which yeah. wasn't which just before the holidays, right. I believe. Yeah. So, no, Mike Tyson, not dead. Hmm. What is dead are all the assistant coaches in uh, San Diego right so now. So the guess, uh, huh? the the Chargers are making the move on everyone mm-hmm. except the head coach, which is the guy who should be so fired. This is a clear indication that they're keeping Brandon Staley. That that was the report, at least, was going to be right afterwards. But you're like, okay, let's see. Well, he's fired the offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi. Why would they fire the offensive coordinator? Last I checked, that offense was pretty darn good. Yeah, they didn't give the ball to Austin Eckler in the second half of that game. But to me, you don't fire offensive coaches based on one game where you had a 27-point-nothing lead and your defense blew that lead. You should fire the defensive genius. Oh, wait, that's the head coach. Never mind. This is scapegoatish to me. You're just going to fire the offensive coordinator when your defense... one other coach, I believe, Yeah, the quarterback coach I think they fired as well. Yeah. I don't understand that one. I don't I don't see how that's the right move. This is why that organization continues to be an embarrassment because they go out there and they fire the offensive coaches when it was the defense 
that blew that lead. I, I think they, they are barking up the wrong tree, Josh, in my opinion, on this one. But the Chargers have always fired the wrong people. I thought Anthony Lynn should have been stayed on as head coach a couple of years ago. They fired him, and they went the boy wonder here, and he's done nothing but you know hurt that franchise. Had they had an adult in the room, the Chargers may have an opportunity to overtake the Chiefs, but until they get a legit head football coach out there who doesn't coach his team out of games, they're not going to be any good. That's a bad move by the Chargers firing their offensive coaches. You should have fired yourself. As, as head coach <laughs> you wonder so apparently he's going to uh he's going to uh t- to make it i mean i can't remember like legitimately being able to pin losses on a head football coach like we can with brendan staley right like you you could look at it and say he's the head coach ultimately he's in charge this guy has legitimately made horrible decisions as a head coach that have cost his team the game. Just look at his body of work over the last two years. The fourth down stuff, the tie situation last year, playing Mike Williams and all the other guys in week 18. I mean, to me, I, I look at that, I go, that guy is immature and he's not a mature enough person to be coaching as a head football coach in the NFL. That's the problem I have. It's 35 years old. You're not you're not built to lead an organization at 35 years old. Now, there's exceptions to rules. It happens. Sean McVay's done a very nice job, but he's the exception to the rule. Not everybody is Sean McVay. And you went out there and you hired the Staley guy. He's been an utter disaster and has coached your team out of the playoffs in two consecutive years as opposed to coaching your team into the playoffs. I, I, I just don't understand firing the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. Doesn't make any sense Very appealing job with Justin Herbert. Well, you also have to then go work with Brendan Staley. I don't know. How appealing is that? Well, you maybe, know? maybe you're allowed to run the offense. Maybe. But wasn't Lombardi out yeah, there running I'm the offense? I'm saying I think know? it's an appealing job. You have to do that. Is this another enemy spot? I don't know. <sighs> He's got charger ties. Yeah. And- and uh, you if know, you're the you, Chargers, you should be calling you're, him. Yeah, you're, you're you're taking a job where the coach might get fired. And yeah, it's you, true. You might, you might ascend. Yeah. I don't know. But also, you're looking at it and going, do I really want to compete with Patrick Mahomes twice a year? No matter how good we are, we still got to compete with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid twice a year. If I'm the enemy, I'm going to the East or to the South or to the NFC. I wouldn't want to take a job. So Jets, Titans, this. Chargers. I know amongst the offensive coordinator looks right, right? Now, and so. all three are having head yeah. coaches that are probably going to be fired if right, they don't possibly. turn it around. Right. So all three could possibly. be a nice landing spot for EB, but I I wouldn't go to L.A. to compete with the Chiefs all the time. Dane and Hughes, Chiefs color analyst, former Chief, of course, on the uh, the broadcast uh, Saturday. Chiefs and Jags, 3.30 kickoff, along with Mitch Holtis on 106.5 The Wolf. We uh, chatted with Dane about, I guess, putting the, uh, in, in, in Mitch's words, we'd be putting the hammer down, right. keeping the throttle down. We saw the Chargers not be able to do that, and it cost them in uh, their game against the Jags. Uh, the Chiefs have to have the, uh, the mentality of never slowing down. Like, this is not Pop Warner. Like, it's okay to embarrass another team in the NFL. It's okay to, to run trick plays. It's okay to run the Arctic globe of death and, and all that. Like, like, everybody's getting paid. It's a, it's a professional's game, and you got to go out there and stop it. And if you don't like what we're doing, you have an option. Stop it. If you, if you can't stop it, don't complain about it. And that's the same thing with the score. So, you know, throwing the ball deep. Uh, you know, I saw yesterday the, the, the Cowboys game. Dak Prescott on that last drive drops back and tries to throw a bomb to T.Y. Hilton. Like, I'm cool with that. They're up by, they're up by multiple scores. Like, that's fine. If that's part of your offense and you want to go for a home run, go for a home run. Make a play. And if the other team doesn't like it, stop it. Especially in the postseason. No time for backing off the throttle. Right. No, you can't. 
Go, 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 go. You know, we've seen Andy Reid back off the throttle, and we've seen it cost him dearly in the postseason twice, one being the Cincinnati game, the other being the game in Indianapolis 10 years ago. We have seen Andy Reid back off, and we can't see that going forward in the postseason, especially if they get by Jacksonville and you're playing in that championship game in Atlanta against Buffalo, full throttle all the way on that one, or even against Cincinnati in the championship game at Arrowhead, full throttle all the way. And so... I, I think when you're looking at the at the next two games, in order to get to the Super Bowl, Andy's going to have to do something that he doesn't normally do, and I think that's embarrass somebody. I think you have to put the pedal down. I think you have to just absolutely crush your opponent and never let up because a week ago, three days ago, whatever it was, there was a 27 nothing lead that got blown. Right now, in these playoffs, you got to look at that and say, okay, it can happen to anybody, and it's happened to Andy Reid many times here in Kansas City in the postseason. So when you get a big lead this weekend against Jacksonville, I don't care who if Bob Sutton and, and Doug Peterson are on that other sideline and they're your guys and they were your friends and you work with them and you coach with them, you got to kick their ass. And 27 nothing is not enough. 35 nothing is not enough. 42 nothing is not enough. 59 nothing is not enough. You go out there and you yeah, score on every enough. single yeah. possession. Uh, but they didn't throw the knockout the first time against the Jags. I thought they could have. Yeah. Like, it ended up being a 10-point game. They got a touchdown late in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. that, that got it to 10. But they were in complete control but didn't throw the knockout. Right. If you get them on a spot like that, they're on the ropes. You got to you gotta throw the knockout. Absolutely, week. man. You got to deliver the, the knockout punch and continue to punch and continue to punch and continue to punch, man. Hey, we got ourselves a big basketball game tonight here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, K-State, number 13, plays host to number two, Kansas. How about that for a like sunflower show? I'm excited about this one. Six o'clock tonight, you say? That's huh? right. Right here on 610 Sports Radio. Is it on real TV or is it on the stream? I think this one's real. Yeah, this, no, this one's real. This the is next big ESPN. The, the next matchup, I guess, is on the stream. Between KU and K-State. It's already that, been determined. I believe, I, I believe that's correct. Oh, you think they'd move that over? No. But you can always hear it right here on 610 Sports Radio. So that's what right. matter? Here, mm-hmm. Wyatt. Uh, but how about... This one being such a big matchup. It's huge. Jerome Tang in year number one. I love it. Putting a team on the floor to get a crack at Kansas. Here you go. College basketball matters in the tournament, and that's it. Nothing else matters in college basketball. So in order to get people to watch these games, you got to get a little hook, right? This is a a great hook. hook. This is a great hook. This is not a little hook. This is one of them big, like, you catch a tune-on type of hooks. Like, this is a huge hook. If you're K-State, you're thrilled, right? Yeah, you should be. Your guy in year one's doing great and stop worrying about if he's going to go to texas and then if you're kansas like i don't want to lose them right now it's a, oh, <laughs> i don't K-State's want the gap legit. to close or anything yeah. it's a pretty big game and i also love jerome tang's message to k-staters i love this message it, sh- it could be used for a lot of fan bases my message to our our students okay because they're on that I, I don't want them to show up to the game and yell and scream and i don't want our fans to, to show up to the game because they hate the other team, right? I want them to show up because they love Kansas State, right? Our guys, every guy on our roster, they didn't pick this school because they hated somebody else. They picked this school because they love us as a staff, they love this community, and they love this university. And I would be real interested to see how we can really change this thing around if, our, if we're motivated by love, right, rather than by hate. And uh, I just feel, and I know I'm uh, upset some people, I feel like uh, we, the Kansas State community and family, allow them to live rent-free in our heads way too much. Okay, this game, it's, it's one game in the conference. 
If we win, we get one win. If we lose, we get one loss. That's it. I, I came to win, try and win a Big 12 championship and win a national championship. Okay, and uh, the year we won the national championship, we split with these guys, right? And so I, I'm that that that's 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 my thing. I, I let, let let's show up to the game because we love Kansas State. Let's show up to every game because we love Kansas State. Let's pack Bramlage and make it the octagon of doom because we love Kansas State, not because we hate somebody else. I love it. It's great. I think it's, it's a great, great. message. Love like, it. Stop. Don't come there to be angry. Right. Come there to cheer on your team. And also, you you want to do. I think if you're from K State, you don't you don't want to give them that. I don't even know if it's a level of respect, but like you're telling them you're overthinking them. Yeah, no doubt. Show up and and root for your team because you want to watch your team and you want to watch your team beat that team. Sure, but uh, I get it. You, you, sometimes you you do cross that line. I'm like that with Illinois. Like I hate watch Illinois mm-hmm. like, tremendously. And that particular game, I have a hard time doing that because I'm too busy rooting against, <laughs> not rooting for my teams. I'm rooting against them because I hate them. See, I never... and I would think I would think K Staters are that way too. Like you're going to that game, rooting against Kansas, <laughs> but go to that game to root for K State. That's that's the way to go for it. Yeah. See, I I've never been in that position as a sports fan where I hated another team so much that I I rooted more for them to lose than my team to win. I I've never that's I've never been wired that way. I'm a sports fan because I love my oh, teams and and I'll root for my team to win. I think that message though by uh, by Jerome Tang was beautiful. It was so good and and to me. It's more about what happens after this game than just this game. Because you know you know the Bram is going to be packed tonight, right? You know it's going to be packed. Is it going to be packed next Tuesday when they play Texas Tech? Is it going to be packed next Wednesday when they take on, you know, um, whatever other Big 12 team is out there, Oklahoma State? Will it be packed then? That's where I think he's going with this. He wants to see the same type of energy and crowd no matter who they're playing, not just for Kansas. He wants to see it for all of them. And I agree with him. It should be like that every way. You got a, you, you got a top 15 team in the country right now that's playing some really good basketball. Get out there to love them up, man. Get out there and love them up. Should be fun for edition number one of the Sunflower Showdown tonight at 6. Pre-game starts at 5 uh, for uh, K-State and uh, Kansas tonight right here on 610 Sports Radio. If you missed any of the show today, our chat with Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, our chat with uh, Dane and Hughes, Chiefs Color Analyst, did a little of our restaurant week as well. You can check it all out at 610sports.com or the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it for free. Cody and Gold, come your way next here on 610 Sports Radio. There's no foul in the play for blocking the back. Timeout.